Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, Henry Kissinger has gone on to his reward in the great beyond. Where is he? I don't know. I know my mother, may she rest in peace, always thought he was a communist. Now, my mother had a high school education, never went to college, much less Harvard, Yale, or any of the other elite institutions. But she had an uncanny sixth sense when it came to people. She was a great judge of character. Was Henry Kissinger a communist? I don't know. He did open up China to the West. That was Richard Nixon's big initiative, his big foreign policy triumph. I know the left hated him for how the Vietnam War was conducted during Nixon's presidency. I also know that he was in league with a lot of globalists. Every time you heard Henry Kissinger's name in the last 30 years, it seemed to be associated with something that wasn't really that good for America, but was great for America's enemies. But at the end, he did recognize and admit that multiculturalism and open borders have been an abject failure. So as with any life, a mixed bag, I will say this. He lived a large life. Henry Kissinger was a larger-than-life figure, even though he was short of stature. He played on the world stage for decades and made a real difference in many people's lives, both for good and for ill. It's not up to us to judge him. I do hope that he knew the Lord, because what profiteth a man to gain the entire world if he loses his soul? I think Elon Musk has learned that lesson and taken it to heart. Elon still the world's wealthiest man, despite all the money he spent converting Twitter to X, has made waves over the last 24 hours because he basically told advertisers they could go sought off if they didn't like what he was doing. Bob Iger was in the audience and he even said, after saying that advertisers can go F themselves, he looked over and said, hi, Bob. Translation, bye, Bob, because if Disney boycotts on X, advertising on X, it's going to hurt Disney a lot more than it's going to hurt X. It's already hurt Disney. There have been a rash of subscription cancellations to the Disney Plus channel subscription channel over the last six months because of Disney's relentless pursuit of the trans and pushing of the transgender agenda. But after yesterday, there was another spike in cancellations. People are done. And again, is Elon a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Was he worshiping Baphomet at Halloween in 2022 with that uh, rather bizarre embossed leather uh, suit of armor that he had on? Or was he just trolling people? I don't know. I know that Elon is living large on the world stage. He's hiring thousands of people. He's providing a livelihood to thousands of people in his various companies. And sometimes he's doing some things that are good. Sometimes he's doing some things that, quite frankly, are a little bit troubling, like Neuralink. Now, I have a background in neuroscience, and I understand what the technology is supposed to do, which is bridge the gap in a severed spinal cord to restore uh, nervous conduction to limbs uh, following a, a spinal cord injury. That's the intended purpose. But as I said last night, science is littered. The history of science is littered with cases of unintended consequences. Could that technology, could that Neuralink chip be hacked from outside? Could it be used for nefarious purposes? Well, the danger is there. So again, Neuralink, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'm not quite sure. I do love his sense of humor. The fact that he calls his tunnel boring company the boring company shows that. But Elon has shown a refreshing lack of care about what the globalists think about what people who 
want him to do this or that to think. Although, Elon, I would love it if you would reinstate at TimboTim62 and at MAGA underscore Institute. Joe Rogan is another one. Joe was a hero of the left. He was on television and news radio. He had a professional comedian career. The left loved him until they didn't. Just like who? Just like Donald Trump. Joe Rogan has been dropping truth bombs left, right, and center over the last year. And he dropped another one yesterday telling Big Pharma this whole trust the experts thing, you can suck my eggplant. And Joe is taking no prisoners. He's done. He's interviewed the real experts, biologists and doctors that have been telling the truth all along and have been called conspiracy theorists. And because Joe is actually putting out the truth on his platform, which is the largest po podcasting platform in the world, the left hates him now. Following Joe Rogan, young girls say, is a major turnoff. Well, guess what? I think those young men are saying the same thing that Elon is saying and that Joe is saying to the globalists. So what? I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. For all the latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, then visit the What's On events calendar on the TNT Radio website. Stay in touch on TNT Radio. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. An FBI employee's vehicle was carjacked near Capitol Hill in Washington on November 29th, according to officials, marking the latest incident to take place in the nation's capital as it continues to battle soaring crime. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark. Hey, Ruckus. Howdy, Timothy. Yeah, this is a an interesting... What does this mean? Sign of the times? This is not a good sign. This is the capital of our country, and this is happening. An FBI agent falling victim to a carjacking incident? Uh, what is happening? Um, so officers responded to the armed carjacking incident in the 100 block of 12th Street Northeast at about 3.45 p.m., according to the Metropolitan Police Department. Police confirmed the victim was a federal agent who told officials that two suspects had taken the vehicle. The stolen vehicle was recovered shortly after the incident in the 1000 block of 15th Street Southeast, less than a mile from where the car was taken, according to officials. Uh, an FBI spokesperson said in an emailed statement to NBC Washington, quote, at this time, we can confirm that an FBI employee was carjacked on the afternoon of November 29th, the vehicle was recovered and the FBI Washington field office and the Metropolitan Police Department's carjacking task force are investigating, end quote. No further information has been released regarding the two suspects and officials didn't provide further details regarding the lead up to and aftermath of the carjacking. So not much information. But the fact that this happened is is definitely information. This incident comes as violent crime rates have surged across Washington, D.C. in the past year, according to police data, up by 40 percent year over year, with homicides up by 23 percent, robberies up by 69 percent, and arson, interestingly, up by 125 percent. Yikes. Assaults with a dangerous weapon are also up by 3% in 2023 compared to, to, to last year, according to the data, while motor vehicle thefts have surged by 93%. So far in 2023, there have been 906 carjackings compared to 439 last year, according to other separate police data, 77% of which involved victims being held at gunpoint. The significant rise in carjackings and auto thefts has prompted police via an initiative launched by Mayor Muriel Bowser's government to hand out auto tracking devices. Excuse me. In October, Representative Henry, Henry Kuehler, Democrat from Texas, revealed he was also the victim of a carjacking near the Capitol, which he said was carried out by three armed assailants. The lawmaker 
wasn't injured during the incident, which took place while he was attempting to park his vehicle outside of his Washington apartment in Navy Yard. The 68-year-old Texas Democrat's car was later recovered about two miles away in the Anacostia neighborhood. They don't seem to take these vehicles very far, do they? In February, Representative Angie Craig, Democrat from um, Minneapolis, I'm sorry, yes, was attacked in an elevator at her Washington apartment building. A homeless man later identified as Kendrick Hamlin approached the lawmaker, assaulted her, and then fled when she defended herself, according to police. Roughly a month after that incident, a staffer for Senator Rand Paul, shout out Rand Paul, who just saved somebody's life doing the Heimlich remover maneuver. Uh, he was uh, an aide for him, was brutally attacked in broad daylight, less than two miles from the United States Capitol. This should not be happening. Uh, that was one Philip Todd, a staffer for Mr. Paul in the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. He was stabbed multiple times by a suspect who lives there. Mr. Uh, the suspect uh, subsequently was arrested and charged with assault with intent to kill using a knife. And then just recently this month, a U.S. Secret Service confirmed that its agents tasked with protecting President Joe Biden's granddaughter, Naomi, opened fire after individuals attempted to break into an unmarked Secret Service vehicle in the Capitol. So Wow. Things are getting so bad that it's targeting. I mean, the crime has come for the lawmakers, the ones who make the law, as well as the people who are supposed to enforce the law. This is just the Wild West, Timothy. What do you think? Well, it is the Wild West. And look, we don't condone any of this, obviously, and we don't want anybody to be hurt or even worse. But couldn't happen to nicer people. Now, this woman was an FBI employee, not necessarily an agent. So, you know, she's a secretary or whatever. That's different than having it be one of the jackbooted thugs that breaks people's doors in. You know, you, you, we're always left asking, how come the bad things don't happen to the right people? But Henry Cuellar, Henry Cuellar has been a big Democrat advocate for defund the police. Well, you get the... You get the society you advocate for, Henry. And I note that the problem is severe enough in Washington, D.C. for FBI to have stood up a carjacking task force. Is that what you said? Where's the task force for Democrat National Committee staffers who are stabbed to death and shot? in a robbery in which nothing was stolen at 3 a.m. <clears throat> Seth Rich, where's that task force? Where's the task force to expose people that are laundering money through myriad shell corporations, each with nine or 10 different bank accounts, taking money from America's enemies and selling access to your dad, who just happens to be the second most powerful person in America. Where's that task force? Oh, that's right. That task force has been tasked with suppressing that investigation. OK, we are in the situation that the Romans warned us about. Quis custodia at Ipsos custodes. Who guards the guardians? We've got an FBI that's completely out of control. And we've got 70 Republicans in Congress, as Dinesh D'Souza noted on Tuesday, that voted to give them $300 million, not just for a new building, but for an entire new campus. Right now, FBI is in the Hoover Building, which is a brutalist abomination on Pennsylvania Avenue across from the beautiful Indiana Limestone Justice Department. It's an ugly eyesore on Washington, D.C.'s streetscape, but it's a black eye for America because a lot of bad things have come out of FBI over the decades, including Watergate, including other things that people uh, know very well, including January 6th, Fed Surrection. But no, we are going to get rid of the FBI building, but we're going to give them an entire new campus because we're going to hire even more jackbooted thugs and give them even more guns and more body armor and more riot helmets and more ammunition so that they can trot over our First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, etc. rights at their will. It's got to end, Adam. 
Yes, it does, Timothy. We need to act now. Well, hey, speaking of act now, uh, interestingly enough, um, amid this growing criticism of the surge in crime across Washington, I wonder if they're doing this because of the the actual crime or the criticism. Uh, but the uh, the mayor, Miss Bowser, uh, has announced legislation aimed at addressing public safety challenges and, quote, giving law enforcement more tools to hold criminals accountable and keep neighborhoods safe, end quote. I, I thought that was their job anyway. Uh, but they, they did something spiffy, Timothy. In October, uh, they introduced the Addressing Crime Trends Now Act or Act Now Act. Uh, and it will, among other things, actually, believe it or not, one of these things is they're going to uh, prevent criminals from wearing a mask for the purpose of conducting a criminal act. So I'm excited for this one, Timothy. So tell me when the legislation outlawing forcing someone to wear a mask is filed, and I will be all for that legislation, right? We can file legislation to prevent somebody from wearing a mask while they're committing a crime. Adam, I think that's going to work as well as the legislation we already have on the books to prevent people from using guns, knives, and other dangerous weapons in the commission of a crime. These people are out of control and need to be brought to heel. Thanks for another great story. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio Vision. TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travelers from terrorists, hijackers, or violent drunks, or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals, but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now, marshalling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. Then I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I've been looking forward to interviewing tonight's guest since we booked her. Her Twitter bio, which can be found at AuthenticTurf, T-E-R-F, says that she asks awkward questions that just don't need to be asked. She's the founder of the Women's Network for the Ringer of Bells. And a friend of mine said, what does that mean? And I said, she's a girl who calls out girls who aren't girls. She's a breath of fresh air, making a big impact on TikTok and on Twitter X. Love to welcome to The Reckoning, Kay Carnelian. Hello, thank you for having me. What a pleasure. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for staying up late. I know it's about 11.20 in Glasgow. What's a turf and why are you proud to be one? What is a turf? Well, the acronym T-E-R-F stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Um, this was a, a label that was bestowed to me by trans rights activists and their allies 
several months ago when I first entered the conversation that I'm now a, a part of, um, the gender critical movement, I suppose you would call it, although even that terminology is a little bit questionable. Um, but essentially, yes, I'm a TERF, I'm a, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Um, this is a, a, a name that would be levelled at women who um, hold gender critical views and don't consider trans women as any sort of subset of women, therefore don't consider them within feminist issues. Because myself... Well, they're not, in fact, 80... <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're not women. In fact, 80 percent of, quote unquote, trans women are still genetically and, of course, genetically, but uh, genitally intact males. They have not undergone the snip and toss mm -hmm. procedure. Well, indeed, but a huge part of what I like to explore on social media um, is the fact that none of that makes any difference at all. In fact, to chemically castrate someone or to um, undergo sex reassignment surgery with these radical surgeries that come with a, a huge amount of risks and are actually ruining a lot of young life um, because of the you know the consequences of these experimental surgeries uh, that doesn't make a, bi a biological male any more of a woman uh, you know you, you can go through you can get all the bits and pieces <laughs> put in all the right places and unfortunately, that doesn't change, well, not just your chromosomes, but every single cell of your being um, is determined at conception. And so I am a firm believer that no amount of um, additional treatments is going to change that. Um, and so that is what I, what I fight to talk about. I suppose I would call myself an activist. I'm laughing at your, your introduction for me, <laughs> reading out my bio, because I do like to be a little bit silly on social media. You know, I like to ask questions that many people try to shut down um, almost instantly, you know, because it's, it's almost poor etiquette to ask questions around trans ideology. Um, but, How dare you? you know, How dare you notice that the emperor has no clothes, Kay? We're going to dig into <laughs> what it means to be a turf after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio Vision. TNT Radio News. Hi, everybody. So many crazy news stories going on right now. Now, the news. Go. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israel and the Hamas terrorist group agreed at the last minute Thursday to extend their ceasefire in Gaza by another day to allow more hostages and prisoners to be released. The use of bacteria in the production of mRNA COVID-19 vaccines creates monstrous consequences for vaccinated individuals. Microbiologist Dr. Shukhara Bhakti warned while questioning the approval of such shots. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk, this is TNT Radio. Hey, a friend of mine says that I love to play in traffic, and I do, although I'm whooping and stomping around, almost daring the vehicles to hit me. You seem to be doing the same thing, but much more daintily. You're, you're veritably dancing through the traffic on social media. You take the hate. <laughs> with a smile and a coy little whisper and just you you've got the most low-key deadpan hysterical and devastatingly factual replies to all the hate you get i i really admire your style it's not it's nothing i could ever do i mean you you refuse to rise to the bait where i'm you know i get my irish up <laughs> Well, you know, as Scottish women, we are admired for our tenacity. So I think I'm predisposed with uh, capabilities beyond <laughs> beyond many. But uh, no, I, I, I do. I struggle to when you're dependent upon nothing but biological facts and reality. It's hard to lose an argument. 
so I'm quite willing to venture into them. Um, my my place within all of this really is to expose the ludicrous nature of it all. You know, we're we're living in a, a fantasy world where we're expected to appease, um, you know, conditions that aren't being treated correctly. Um, you know, we're changing language. We're seeing our kids being indoctrinated in schools and rainbow washed and. Um, I, I can't sit by reasonably and be silent. You know, I can't, I can't allow this to continue and to, to know that I sat and did nothing, even though I was aware of the harm that is being caused. And so, yeah, as Scottish women, we do just, um, we don't, you know, we call each other terrible names as, um, you know, it's it's friendly. <laughs> you know, we call each other. We're, we're not polite to one another at all. So when I have someone who is um, entirely unstable and dependent on fabrications uh, to converse with me, that's that's not really going to cut all that deep. You know, um, but I am I do receive a lot of gratitude for for having that attitude within this movement. Um, I think it does entertain people a little bit and I'm a firm believer that we should try and have fun in all circumstances even though you know something is this this ideology is devastating families and destroying lives and leaving people with lifelong health um, conditions and um, you know we've got all the biologists and the experts um, taking care of some aspects of it but it requires all of us it requires the masses to be peaked whatever it is that's going to peak them and help them to understand that they need to be a part of the conversation and they need to pay attention now that that is my goal ultimately so if I can do that by being a bit silly and shining a, a bit of a hysterical light upon things for the masses then that's what I'm going to do um, and I do it gladly. I've got nothing to lose. And I think that's another reason why I'm able to be so bold within this, because there is a lot of hatred. There are a lot of threats. There is a lot of silencing of women, a lot of gagging. Um, it, it, it's been it's quite dangerous territory um, to, to move through, to be perfectly honest with you. But I am very, very fortunate. My, my life circumstances allow me to be able to say what I want to say and exercise my right to free speech um, without being muzzled. You know, I have I have nothing to lose. Um, so I'm very lucky in that regard. And I appreciate the, the gratitude that I receive from other women who wish they could say the things that I say, perhaps. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and we're blessed to have life circumstances that enable us to say what we feel. Myself here at TNT Radio, I've never been encouraged to do anything other than say what's on my mind, which has been fantastic. And I understand yeah. what you're saying about Scottish women, because, you know, you're our Celtic brothers and sisters across that narrow stretch between Ireland and Scotland. And I, I've got a friend who's of Scottish descent, and he's he's big into the kilts and the Burns Day dinner and everything else. And it's a wonderful culture. But I went to see mm -hmm. uh, Braveheart with him. And then we went to see Rob Roy and I was walking out of Rob Roy and I looked over at him and I said, it's a testament to the divisive power that religion can have that the Scots and the Irish aren't bloody, aren't uh, blood brothers kicking the arse out of the English because we've both been so poorly <laughs> treated by them. But you're in good company being called a turf yeah. right there in your, your own country. Uh, J.K. Rowling is the first person I ever heard called a turf. Yes. Prior to this, had you ever considered yourself a radical feminist? I'm so glad that you asked because um, when when turf was first leveled at me, I have to say I, w I was kind of innocent walking into all of this. Okay, I crash landed in the gender critical movement um, just at the beginning of this year. It was very sudden. I didn't really intentionally or consciously choose it for myself. It just happened and I was exposed from the get-go. And so I just ran with it, adopted the name TERF for myself quite willingly. Um, you know, and I, now I wear it on my sleeve because I embrace everything wholeheartedly. Um, but in terms of me identifying as a TERF, um, not really. I, I don't consider myself to be a radical feminist. And the first time I was uh, called a TERF by a trans-identifying male, um, 
I had to look it up. I didn't know what it meant. You know, I really was quite naive to this. Now, my becoming aware of some of the, the complexities within the trans movement, that happened several years back um, because of some health stuff that was happening to me that is very, you know, very female specific and conversations that I had with various health professionals around about that time, a few years back, um, it, it, it prompted me to become a lot more aware of what's going on with hormone health um, within these uh, transing individuals, you know, and then my own personal experience of Lupron or Luprorelin, I think you pronounce its, its correct name. Um, that is the drug that is given to youngsters who are having their puberty blocked um, as a means to, to kickstart the, the process of fully transitioning, if that's how we're going to refer to it. Um, and so that is really what drives my passion behind what I do. It's very little to do with feminism. In fact, I just firmly believe in reality and that a subset of men do not need to be included within feminism. So I'm happy to adopt the term, but no, I don't think of myself as a radical feminist. Uh, I'm just a realist um, and nothing more. But I, I think coming up with these slurs and labels, you know, everyone needs to be put into boxes in these in this modern world that we live in. And I think Coming up with names like TERF to level at women who want to talk about their basic rights within society, um, you know, that being used to silence these women, I think it's just this kind of mildly hysterical way of making it seem like it's a big thing, you know, to me, and it's part of grooming, to be perfectly honest, um, you know, to me, calling someone a trans-exclusionary radical feminist as though it's an insult it kind of suggests that we were by default expected to accept men um, into our, you know, feminist umbrella. And that that is absolutely ludicrous. I think for anyone to not question that um, might need to give their head It is indeed. Now, I want to explore that a little further after the break. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio Vision. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't like picking on the company I used to work for. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people I forecasted with there, and that was at AccuWeather. And in the old days, AccuWeather was like playing for the New York Yankees of weather. It was just unbelievable. It was like the world's greatest forecasters under one roof in State College, Pennsylvania. But something has turned around over the past 10, 15 years. I think it started with the weather channel first, and now AccuWeather is all in on anything that has to do with global warming. Now, there's a recent blog that they put out, and the headline is, NOAA reports declining snowpack means worldwide food disruptions. This is the headline from NOAA. It's a UPI article. Naturally, AccuWeather is more than happy to promote this. In fact, all the media is more than happy to promote this. There's just one problem. It's not true. Food production globally has been going up. In addition, we can cherry pick the snow cover. For instance, in the autumn, the northern hemisphere, where most of the land is, snow cover is going up. In the winter, it's going up. It is true in the spring, it's declining. Which, now let me get this straight. If there's less snow on the ground in the spring, don't you have a chance to raise more crops? And when you actually look at what food production's doing, it's steadily increasing every continent across the globe. Yet what does the headline say? And I can't blame, let's say, the Weather Channel or AccuWeather or whoever wants to just parrot this for the actual article. What I can say is, why don't you research it? Why don't you look and say, well, wait a minute, the food production is going up, the snow is going up. And a little bit of intuition here. Again, if spring is coming a bit earlier, isn't that good for growing food? This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. 
political neutrality. Not with Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, you make a fantastic connection between the LGBT WTF agenda, particularly the T, and grooming of children. <laughs> There's a wonderful account called Gays for Groomers that's also calling this out. They don't seem to be called TERFs, though. Imagine that. Well, isn't it interesting? Yeah, of course. Um, Gays Against Groomers is one of my favorite accounts on X. Um, they really have their finger on the pulse. Uh, and they're one of the front runners, um, in, in my point of view, um, when it comes to this this battle that we're all in. Some of us are unaware that we're in it. Um, but Gays Against Groomers, yes, absolutely. They're shining a light on a lot of the troubling things that are going on within schools. Uh, the kind of normalization of um, conversations around sex and sexuality uh, for for children that are much too young really to be exposed to such things um but i think you know there's a lot of irritation quite rightly within the lgb community i have to say i'm not a part of the lgb community i'm heterosexual but um i i have a lot of empathy um and a lot of i'm really rooting for the lgb community to kind of reclaim their original flag um because all of the work that was done, you know, from from the 80s and even earlier onwards. Um, a lot of people really put their lives on the line to fight for the rights of the LGB community. And now we have this kind of hijacking by the trans agenda where um, trans identifying people are conflating um, sexual identity and our rights around that with who we are as people. And I don't know what happened along the way, but we suddenly found ourselves in this situation where people who believe that it's possible to be born in the wrong body and need radical modifications and radical changes to our social fabric, they are somehow in the same kind of category of of being persecuted as the LGB, who in fact really did endure decades, well, in fact, millennia of persecution and oppression. And so um, it's interesting to me, you know, that that trans has just really kind of popped up onto the radar in the last 20 years um, and significantly so within the last five years. Um, whereas the LGB have always existed, you know, this this that's not an ideology. You're, you're born um, lesbian or gay. You know, it's not something that you opt into at some stage of life. And I think that we need to consider within that that a lot of trans identified, well, perhaps all trans identifying individuals are suffering with some sort of, um, you know, co-current mental health issues, um, often that are left untreated because the transness of their condition is considered the most um, prevalent or the one that needs to be prioritized. And of course, within that, there's pharmaceutical agendas to consider Um, and a lot of uh, corrupt doctors and corrupt medics and of course uh, gays against groomers are wonderful advocates um, for the huge population of detransitioning individuals that we're seeing now Um, so following stories of individuals like you know Laura Becker, Prisha Mosley, these women are some of the bravest we've seen you know coming forward and dealing with the backlash that, that leveled at them by the community that they're leaving behind um, because they've along the way come to their senses and realized that they were not in fact born in the wrong body and now they're living with the the lifelong consequences of synthetic hormone regimes radical surgeries you know women having their their breasts removed at the age of 16 i mean it's just absurd the things that are going on and well, it's not it's not only absurd, it's it's obscene. And I actually, you know, they use the word transphobic against us. Well, we're not afraid of trans people. In fact, we don't even hate trans people. I pity them. I do recognize that they have a mental illness, gender dysphoria. And it just from a human perspective, I my heart goes out to them because I see them is victims of the leftist generation. And this this didn't start five years ago or even 10 years ago. You know, we had Lola by the Kinks back in the late 60s. We had Lou S.U. Reed 
with Walk on the Wild Side. We had David Bowie and the gender bending in yeah. the 70s. We had Rocky Horror Picture Show. They've been normalizing this for decades. Yeah. And yeah, if we were absolutely. simply talking, if we were simply talking about boys wearing heels and dresses and girls wearing lumberjack shirts and work boots, fine. God love you. Do whatever you want. Express yourself, as the song says, right? But we're dealing with some major, lifelong, irreversible consequences. These, you know, as bad as I feel for the young boys that are being told and, and brainwashed into thinking that they were really girls, I feel even worse for the young girls that have been told that they're really boys that cut off their breasts and worse the when you see the post-surgical result of them uh, of what it takes to create an artificial phallus that that doesn't even work isn't even sexually active and it's just mm -hmm. it's horrific it's as bad as anything dr mengele and the nazi doctors did back during world war ii yeah. Oh, for sure. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. These surgeries are an abomination and I'm really looking forward actually to the first significant wave of medical professionals who are held to account for what they've done to a generation of young people. It's only set to get worse as it stands right now. But you've hit the nail on the head. A lot of this is um, really it's disguised conversion therapy. Um, so we're seeing youngsters, you know, they're in adolescence, they might be suffering with autism spectrum disorders, which is really, really prevalent within the trans community, um, as well as other mental health um, and psychiatric disorders. And uh, that is being overlooked and they're being rushed through, they're being facilitated and rushed through the process of beginning to trans with hormones, etc. And then the damage is really done. And what we're often looking at is adolescents who are confused about their identity, just as any healthy child would be, but more so because of their comorbidities. Um, and we're, we're looking at, you know, 15 year old lesbian girls who are having it drummed into them that actually they were born wrong and they're supposed to be a boy. And for them in their confused state, that all makes perfect sense. And within that, you might be looking at women, girls rather, who have been sexually abused in their youth. And that has kind of um, uh, coloured their thinking, their, their world view and their feelings about themselves. Um, and of course, uh, if you want to escape your own mind and your own being, then to, to buy into this belief that you can magically transform into a completely, you know, a whole new person. And not only that, you'll be treated as a, protect, a protected cate, cate, category of people, you know, you will, you will be um, put on a pedestal and deemed to be very special. And the whole world around you will have to adapt to allow you to fit in by acknowledging your pronouns and apologizing profusely when you're misgendered and all of this stuff. You know, it's just, it's, it's, in my mind, it's the only kind of medical condition. And I, I do believe that there are a very, very small minority of people that do suffer with genuine gender dysphoria. Um, but, but, what we're seeing as a whole change to the, the pattern of society to facilitate that and behind, you know, underneath that umbrella, we're looking at people with serious, you know, fetishes, paraphilias. We're looking at autogynophiles who are moving through the world now as trans women and being accepted into women's spaces as genuine uh, trans individuals when really they're just, um, pervading their fetishes around in public. So there's a lot, you know, and the thing is that the loser is always women. No matter what goes on within the trans debate, the loser is always, always women. Um, well, it and is, and it just shows how quickly the left is willing to throw every splinter group, right? They've got identity politics down mm -hmm. to an art form, and mm -hmm. they make every uh identifying group feel special for their time on the stage and then eventually each one one by one gets thrown under the bus black america gets thrown under the bus in favor of illegal aliens 
women are getting thrown under the bus now in favor of transgenders. Here in the United States, we have something called Title IX, which said that in education, if you're spending X amount of money on men's sports, and you have to spend X amount of money on women's sports. And it it created a tremendous upsurge in participation in women's sports, in accomplishment in women's sports. And it's it's been a wonderful thing. And now we have travesties like a young boy named Billy going to a swim meet and blowing away the competition because as you said earlier, it's every cell of the body. Well, you can take all the hormones you want, but you're still going to have a male musculature. Your your muscle fibers right down to the cellular level are going to be much stronger than females, biological females. And I was actually mm -hmm. disappointed that the women at that meet actually swam with Billy because what they should have done is turned and walked off the pool deck and humiliated Billy by making him swim alone. You want to be a national champion, Billy? God love you. Go right ahead. Bless your heart. We're not going to play your game. Mm, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point of view. Um, I think when it comes to sports, definitely, um, you know, Riley Gaines is a, a huge name when it comes to sports yes. and some of the, the unfair nonsense that is going on. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people will be involved because of Riley's story. Um, but yeah, when it comes to boycotting this, to me, once again, that is another example of women losing out. I understand, yeah, to, to humiliate that, that trans-identifying male um, by boycotting and walking away, it would have been a, a non-starter. And yes, it's a, a very loud and clear message around where women stand. However, once again, that's young women who are, they're unable to participate in their own sport. It would be really lovely in my mind if these trans identifying men could just uh, have some common decency and back off. You know, it, it, it's a shame, you know, for me, it's, it's devastating that women are having to walk away from their passions, their sports, even if it is just temporary, um, to, to drive a message to entitled men <laughs> that they're not welcome yeah, it, to it is devastating it is is a biological male and I, I can't say proud because i'm the way god made me you know you should <laughs> i shouldn't be proud to be hey, be tall or proud to have silver hair or you know it's just i am who i am i i completely agree with your point of view there uh but let me ask you this when have you ever known a leftist to exhibit common decency well, you know, you know, when it comes to pushing the narrative, it's narrative, everything else be damned. It's narrative above all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if there was a, a real guarantee that in two or three years from now, we're really going to see that pendulum swing back in, in our favor. Um, I'm speaking as a turf. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if there's a guarantee that a temporary boycott and a temporary pushback and, you know, us all taking hands and all together shouting our message out loud, if that could guarantee change, then, yeah, I would be behind it. But as I see it, this is a, a long fight that we have up ahead because the fact remains that the majority of members of society, particularly where I am, you know, remember you and I live in, in different worlds um, yes. across the ocean. And it's, um, there are a lot of sleepyheads. There are a lot of people that, that really aren't even remotely aware of the challenges that are headed our way. Um, and it's in full swing in so many corners of the globe. Um, and so, yeah, if temporary boycott if I believe that was the answer, I would be saying, yeah, let's do that. And and I do. I congratulate uh, women in sports when they do boycotts. Um, and, you know, I was once an athlete myself. And so I do have a whole lot of empathy for, for women in that competitive arena. Um, but there are so many. Ah, maybe that's where the fire comes from. What was your sport? Mm -hmm. My sport, well, I, was a, I was a dancer, actually. So it's uh, kind of a, up for debate if that's. <laughs> considered well, a sport that's actually one of the most <laughs> athletic pursuits yeah that's it, it, one of the most athletic yeah, pursuits <laughs> yeah that was my my first career was as a, a ballet dancer and I started at the age of two so it was my whole life 
uh, and sadly I was injured in my early 20s so I had to leave it behind but um, yeah when I look at these women and I can see you know the passion in their eyes and and I look at their their bodies and I admire the way they treat their bodies as machines you know and um, and I yeah they're, they're always going to have my empathy but there's a whole lot more than the sports arena um, that's that's triggering you know we've got uh, women who don't have access to HRT because it's been <laughs> gobbled up by trans identifying males. Um, so women are suffering with serious um, health consequences as a result of that. Um, we're seeing the stories of detransitioners, of course. We might be triggered by the very clear conversion therapy that's going on amongst um, young LGBTs. Um, we're seeing crime statistics being warped. So, for example, um, trans-identifying men, they are uh, apprehended, you know, char charged with a, a criminal offence, usually of a sexual nature. And then, lo and behold, all of a sudden, they've decided that their name isn't Dave, it's Sandra. And they get a lenient sentence and are treated within the courts as a woman because of self-identification laws taking hold. So, we're in a real mess. You know, I, I've recently interviewed a, a lady named Amanda who spent some time incarcerated with two biological males, you know, in a women's way. I, I know Amanda, I know of Amanda's story and I'd love to hear it now, but we've got to, uh, we've come to the end. Barbara, I'd love to have you back. This has been a delightful conversation <laughs> and I wish you and your family a very happy Christmas. Thank you so much, Timothy. You too. I love this. Thank you. That's Kay Carnellian from Scotland. You can find her on X at Authentic Turf. That's Authentic T-E-R-F. You're going to love her as much as we do. That's it for tonight's Reckoning. Stay tuned on TNT Radio Vision for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight. <laughs>